What's going on, Panther fans? Super excited to be back with another episode of Keep Pounding with BPEG. On this episode, we're going to introduce the new cats on the block, the 2020 Carolina Panthers draft class. Let's get into it. Super excited to jump into this draft class here for the Panthers. This is a historical draft class. Um, This is the first time in modern draft era that a team has selected seven defensive players and no offensive players. Um, That's super unique, and it's kind of fitting and refreshing to hear that, uh, especially because the Panthers have been desperate for defensive players all offseason. During free agency, they definitely went after offense and kind of – Kind of took it easy on the defensive side of the ball, which we all thought would have been the opposite. Um, We obviously saw they had a plan here in the draft. I mean, they only signed three players to the defensive side of the ball in free agency, being Steven Weatherly, Justin Burris, and Zach Kerr. So there were still holes in the defense. Um, Definitely at defensive tackle, definitely at cornerback, uh, linebacker depth, um, corner depth safety depth, so we <laughs> kind of need a little bit of everything on the def- defensive side of the ball. Um, definitely heading into the draft, they also needed offensive line depth, maybe even a starter at the left guard position um, since Van Van uh, Roten left. Um, definitely could have used another tight end. Um, they didn't go tight end in the draft. Um, I know that Marty Herney in his press conference after the draft mentioned that at a couple of points in the draft that they were going to select a offensive lineman or a tight end, but a team or two ahead of them took their player that they wanted. And so therefore the next best player available on their board was defensive player. So they definitely didn't go into the draft with the mindset of, all right, we're going to draft defense every pick. It definitely uh just happened the way it it just happened the way the the draft the the board fell so definitely a unique draft class here for the Panthers I think that maybe in the next five ten years this is a draft class that we look back on and just think wow seven draft picks all defensive players and they're all sol- solid players they're all making impacts. Maybe even some Pro Bowls, maybe even a Super Bowl, who knows. But I think that bringing in all seven of these guys all on the defensive side of the ball, I think this is unique for them. They can all grow and learn together and shoot. Who knows, they could, they could be a super strong defense that grows together and fights together. I mean, this, this is going to be super unique to watch as they grow. And I couldn't be more excited. I'm super stoked about it. And I'm so, I get excited just talking about it because, I mean, I, every pick this every pick during the draft, I just thought, wow, man, they definitely are trying to improve the defense. And it's been awful. I mean, jumping into the first pick here, obviously one of the biggest holes on our defensive line. With the first pick in the with the first pick or the first round pick, 
pick number seven, they took Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. Elite defensive tackle coming out of college. I mean, he was super productive in his four years at Auburn. He is a 6'5", 318-pound dude. This guy's massive. Over his four years at Auburn, he totaled 170 total tackles, 33 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks, eight pass deflections, and five forced fumbles. Obviously, his sack reduction can go up, but throughout college, he was getting doubled and even sometimes triple teamed. It's a little hard to get to the quarterback when you have three 300-pound dudes blocking you. Like, that's insane. Um, his most productive season came in 2019. He recorded 54 total tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, four pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. He was absolutely lighting it up last season. He even earned himself last season in 2019, uh, SEC defensive player of the year and first team all American honors. So this dude is a beast. Watching his tape, watching his highlights, listening to what these reporters are saying about him, they absolutely rave about him. Dude is massive. He 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 blows up the run game. He gets after the quarterback. Shoot, even Pro Football Focus gave Derrick Brown a 90.4 pass rush grade. So yeah, his sack numbers aren't there. But he's putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And even with that pressure on the quarterback, making the quarterback feel uncomfortable, making him roll out, that's going to that's gonna free up the defensive ends to, to make those sacks. So this, this, this is going to be nice for, for Brian Burns and Steven Weatherly and the next pick that we're about to talk about. But also super cool about Derrick Brown, um, throughout his four years at Auburn, he only missed five tackles, five tackles out of 170 tackles. That's it. Missed five. Um, you know, a lot of Panther fans were upset with the Panthers for not going after Isaiah Simmons here. And, you know, respect, respectively so. I mean, Isaiah Simmons is an insane athlete. He's a one-in-a-lifetime type player. But I think we're... The Panthers are going and who they have on their on their roster at linebacker I think that defensive tackle was the bigger need here and within reason looking at the two players Isaiah Simmons and Derek Brown I think Derek Brown was just the guy who fit the roster better who they believe could make an immediate impact on the field and who can come in day one and be a starter like I just get juiced up thinking about Derek Brown and K.K. Short, and Brian Burns getting after the quarterback. Like, and even Steven Weatherly, man, he's a, he's a guy who we looked at and we're like, wow, he only had six sacks in two seasons, but he also played behind two elite defensive ends. So our d- defensive line is coming around. It could be a pretty scary D-line. I'm, I'm super juiced about it. Um, obviously, with Derrick Brown being a huge dude in a, in a, in a run stuffer, It helps out because last season the Panthers allowed 143.5 rushing yards a game. 
That was 29th in the league. That's awful. We were terrible in the run. I just remember watching last season and teams were just gashing us left and right. And so I, so I, I believe that Derrick Brown provides that big physical run stuff, run stuff in defense that that's just going to turn around this defensive line. I'm super stoked to see it. I hope that he gets in there, him and K1 Short just light it up. I'm, I'm super stoked, and I, I absolutely love this pick for the Panthers. Jumping into this next pick here in the second round, pick number 38, the Carolina Panthers select Yitor Gross Matos, defensive end from Penn State. Everybody thought heading into day two that the Panthers were going to just jump right into cornerback since they missed out on Jeff Okuda in the first round. Everybody's thinking, oh, okay, look, there's Christian Fulton here still. There's Jalen Johnson still on the board. There's two first-round talent quarterbacks, cornerbacks left on the board. But... As we kept approaching our pick, Yitor was still on the board, and the Panthers looked at him, and they thought, well, shoot, if we can keep adding to the defensive line and build our defensive line for the future, let's do it. I mean, there's still free agency. There's still more picks in this draft, and there is a round one defensive end left on the board. Let's go get him. Let's build this defensive line for the future. Let's grow Yitor and Derek Brown together and have these guys be a force to reckon with. And I absolutely love this pick. I think the Panthers killed it here. I think that Yitor is too good of a player to pass on. And obviously the Panthers thought the same thing. Uh, Yitor is a massive dude. He is 6'5", 266 pounds. Uh, Coach Matt Rule said that he does think he is going to grow. He said he wants to put maybe 5, 10 more pounds on him. Um, just just put some more meat on him, uh, get him stronger. Um, in his three seasons with Penn State, he recorded 111 total tackles, uh, 100, uh, disregard, 36 and a half. Uh, tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles. Um, in 2018, he earned third team All Big Ten and the Penn State Defensive Lineman of the Year. That was in 2018, and in that season, he recorded 54 total tackles, 20 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and two forced fumbles. So that was his sophomore season, I believe. And he just kept getting better. So his freshman season, he wasn't getting that much playing time. Um, then he comes in his second season, gets a bigger role, um, becomes the starter, and then he balls out. He had eight sacks that season. And then the following season, jumps to first team all-conference. So he went from third team all-conference to first team all-conference recording 40 total tackles, 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. And keep in mind, too, in 2018, he played two more games than he did in 2019. So 
in two less games, he had more production in 2019 than he did in 2018. So that shows that he's he's just going to keep progressing. I think that he might take a bigger jump in 2020. And I think that this is a guy who can mold with Derrick Brown and we can get them going. I think he's going to jump after the quarterback. And I absolutely love the fact that we paired Derrick Brown, K1 Short, Brian Burns, and Yitor Gross Matos on the end. I think that is going to be an awesome defensive line. I think that could be top 10 in the league eventually. I think at first, obviously, there's going to be some hiccups, but maybe maybe in the next two, three, four years that this could be a, a defensive line that you see everybody talking about. I think these are some big dudes that are ready to get after the quarterback, and hopefully we get better on the the running aspect. Obviously, we were... 29th in the league last season um, with rushing yards allowed. Um, this is a guy who has a lot of character. Um, he went through it pretty bad as a kid. Um, when he was two years old, he was in a boating accident with his dad, and his dad actually saved his life. But as he was saving his life, he, his dad actually drowned and passed away terribly sad but then it gets worse man um when he was 11 years old him and his brother were playing in a baseball game and a storm rolled through and actually his brother was struck and killed by lightning at 11 years old man that's that is terribly sad and you can definitely tell um in the after he was drafted to the panthers that this meant a lot to him and he was he's definitely been playing for his dad and his brother and he has a couple of tattoos for them. Um, it was definitely emotional for Yitor, and this is super cool to see him join the Panthers and get drafted. And it was super emotional for him. Um, Coach Rule says that he he's super excited to have Yitor fall to them there in the second round. He thinks that Yitor is going to be a great strong side defensive tack or defensive end. He thinks uh, he's going to either start or play behind Stephen Weatherly and F.A. Abada. So he's going to be on the strong side. Um, this is a guy who, in in a big conference in uh, in, <clears throat> in college, he, he had a lot of production. And, and they think that he can grow as a player and he can show more production on the field. Um I absolutely, again, I love this 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 pairing of Brian Burns and Gross Matos on the defensive end, and Brown and Kwan Short in the middle. I think this this defensive line is going to be awesome. Um, so jumping into the next pick here, um, as the third round was approaching, the Panthers traded their third. And their fifth round pick that they acquired from the Redskins for the Kyle Allen trade. They traded those two picks to the Seattle Seahawks for the 64th pick. That is the last pick in the second round. So they jumped back into the second round. Gave up their third round pick to jump up and get safety Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. This is a guy that throughout the entire draft process that 
reporters, coaches, and GMs were all raving about. This is a guy who played at a small school in southern Illinois, but was highly productive in college. He has insane measurables. He is 6'3", 220 pounds as a safety. That's a big dude. Some people think that he can move to a hybrid linebacker type of player the or like a nickel and dime type type uh, cornerback. Um, but Chin wasn't highly rated coming out of high school. Um, didn't didn't really have a lot of offers to any big schools actually um he found himself at southern illinois university in the missouri valley football conference um but obviously this was a bad move by division one football teams because as a freshman chin came in and just balled out um in his freshman year, he had 51 total tackles, three interceptions, and five pass deflections, earning himself a Missouri Valley Football Conference all-newcomer team. Um, followed by his next season in 2017, he earned second team all-Missouri Valley Football Conference, and then in 2018, earned himself first team all-conference. Um, in his senior campaign, he recorded 71 total tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, one sack, four intercessions, and seven pass deflections. That is insane. As a safety, dude had 71 total tackles and four picks. Absolutely balled out. Now, some people think, well, he came from a small school. Um, the, the offensives he was playing aren't all that great. Um, yeah, that could be true, right? But this dude is 6'3", 210 pounds, and he just absolutely looked like he did not belong there. So I think that he can jump into the NFL and maybe the learning curve is going to be a little tougher for him. But I think with the measurables, that he has in the production he put out on the field, I believe that he could, he can become a, a real good football player for the Panthers. Um, all in all, Chen ended his career at uh, Southern Illinois with 243 total tackles, five and a half tackles for a loss, one sack, 13 interceptions, and 31 pass deflections, while also forcing six fumbles. So, like I said, throughout his entire higher career there at SIU he was extremely productive he was obviously the best player on the field at all times and he made that known um super insane stats there for a safety and so obviously NFL GMs and coaches that turn their heads like and obviously it was enough for Marty Herney and Matt Rule to give up two picks to jump back into the second round and pick him up. Um, Coach Matt Rule um, expressed in his conference following day two of the draft, he he talked about he expects to train uh, Jeremy Chin as a safety, but also also train him as a nickel and dime hybrid, like quarterback, cornerback, linebacker type. 
Um, so they see him playing all over the field and immediately impacting. Um, obviously, the Panthers picked up Justin Burris to play safety, but I think that they saw Chen still on the board and they had to pull the trigger. They had to jump up. I think they saw him a 6'3", 220-pound safety that will come up and hit you. He'll play in the box, but he'll also he'll he'll also pick you off. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He, he totaled 13 interceptions and 31 pass pass deflections. So he's a ball hawk ball hawking safety. And um, I think that he'll come in day one and compete with Justin Burris. Uh, you could also see him maybe even slide into Justin Burris' spot at safety and have Justin Burris play as a the nickel cornerback, which he played some at the uh, with the Browns. And Burris did start his career as a cornerback, but I think putting him back as a outside corner would be a bad move because he he didn't really produce there. Um, he, he, he did have more production as more as of a safety or a nickel dime corner. So I think that we should expect to see Chen make an impact in the, in the next year or so for sure. I think, um, he'll come in and compete and maybe even be the starter day one there at the, uh, strong safety position. Um, jumping into this next pick here in the fourth round pick one thirteen. The Panthers go ahead and finally add a cornerback, Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. This is a guy who played all four seasons there at Notre Dame. This is a guy who is a track runner. He's super quick. He's fast. Um, throughout his, his four year at Notre Dame, he totaled 121 total tackles. Two and a half tackles for loss, four interceptions, 18 pass deflections, and one forced fumble. Um, in 2019, he had uh, 40 total tackles, one interception, and six pass deflections. Um, and like I said, uh, uh, Pride was a, a track athlete at Notre Dame. This is a guy who throughout high school was a, a, um, a state champion at track. At um, at Notre Dame, he qualified for the ACC um, the ACC in, indoor uh, championship. So he's a competitor. This is a guy who loves to compete. He's super fast. At the combine, he ran a four four forty. But in in his interviews after draft getting drafted to the Panthers, he talked about how. Any other day, he would have ran a 4-3. He said during his preparations for the combine, he ran multiple 4-3s. He said even at one point at Notre Dame, he ran a 4-2-8. That is insanely fast. Um, like I said, in high school, he was a national or a, a state champion in the 100, 200, and 400 meters. So. Yeah, that that's all that's all you could say about it. I mean, he's a state champion in track. He's extremely fast. This is a guy who wasn't extremely productive at Notre Dame as a corner, but he has good measurables. He's 5'11", I believe. Yeah, he's 5'11". 
He's super quick, and that's what Matt Rule wanted. Uh, Matt Rule, in the in one of his conferences after the draft, he he told one of the reporters that when they're looking for these corners, they're looking for guys in like the five eleven to six one range with elite speed because he mentioned that you can't you can't coach speed but you can develop players who have speed in the good measurables you can teach them how to play the position um he mentioned that you can take guys with good speed and good measurables and you can develop them into good corners he said that you can coach footwork and you can coach how to cover but you can't coach speed so that's one thing they saw with with Troy Pride Jr. They saw a good sized corner that has really good speed, and they said, "I want this guy so we can develop him into a good corner." Uh, I think this is a guy who day one they're gonna put him out there and let him play. I mean, they're gonna put him there across from Dante Jackson and let him get the experience, let him make his mistakes. But I think that's gonna make him better in the long run. I think this is a guy who we can see make an impact right away um and in the future this is a guy we can think wow that's a that's a pretty good steal there in the fourth round i believe he had a second to third round grade um heading into the draft so that that's a steal right there in my books um coaches seem very confident in him um in the way that he talks he's very confident in himself he He's ready to compete. Um, he talks about that he's always competed his whole life through track and playing football at Notre Dame, and he's just ready to go. Um, so I think that this is a good pick. The Panthers' biggest need heading into the draft was corner, and they finally addressed it in the fourth round. I think that they could still address it in free agency. There's still a lot of time left until the season actually starts. But I think that they they feel confident in um, pride that he'll come in and play, play day one and, and have an impact on this team. Jumping into round five, this is a super interesting pick here. Um, with the 152nd pick, the Carolina Panthers selected Kenny Robinson, safety from West Virginia, but also played in the XFL. This is one of the most interesting picks in the draft. He is he was um, kicked out of West Virginia for academic fraud after his first two seasons with the team, um, which were two very good seasons. He came in his his uh, freshman year and made an immediate impact on the team. Um, well, while while he was getting in trouble um, for academic fraud, his mom was going through a rough time. His mom suffered two strokes and was eventually diagnosed with colon cancer. And Kenny. While Kenny Robinson was preparing for the 2019 season, um, his his mom suffered the two strokes, and 
Kenny Robinson told himself that he was going to be the one to provide for his mom and take care of his mom. And, and so getting kicked out of West Virginia, he, he knew he wanted to play ball still. And he was exploring his options to go back to different universities. I believe Florida or maybe Florida State offered him to go play ball. But obviously, when you're playing college ball, you can't be paid. So there was going to be no income to help out his mom with her, her, medical, her medical stuff going on. Um, especially she was just diagnosed with colon cancer. So there was like chemo and stuff that needed to be paid for, medication. And so Kenny was introduced to the XFL um, and at first he, he mentioned that he was a little nervous. He, he wasn't sure he actually wanted to go play in the, in the XFL. But uh, after a while, the idea of it came around and he entered the XFL draft and he, he was drafted in the fifth round to the St. Louis Battlehawks. And so here's a guy who was just kicked out of college for academic fraud his mom's going through it he wants to provide for his mom so he jumps in to the xfl to get paid to help his mom but also the xfl was going to pay for kenny to continue to get his education so that was another reason that he decided to go to the xfl so he'd be getting a paycheck and getting his education paid for. So it was a win-win situation for, for Kenny there. And um, there in his five games in the XFL, he he played extremely well. Um, he totaled 21, 21 tackles. Um, he had two interceptions and a sack. So right there before the XFL was over, he was in there making money, getting that professional experience. I mean... Obviously, it's a step down from the from the NFL, but you're still playing with guys who played in the NFL. Some guys have a lot of experience in the NFL, and we're just getting a second chance in the in the XFL. And then also some guys who were on practice squads or maybe on lower in the depth chart with NFL teams. So these are guys who know what it knows what it takes to be in the NFL, and some of them have talent. A lot of a lot of talent is still there in the XFL. So this is a guy who got professional experience before actually joining the league. So in some in some interviews, Kenny mentions that he believes he's the most pro ready player in the draft because he's got that pro experience already. And I I actually agree with that. I think that that's that's gonna impact his performance. I don't I don't think he's going to come in day one and be a starter as a safety. But this is a guy who has been in a professional environment and he's going to come in and continue to be a professional and um Kenny Robinson actually admitted to GMs and coaches his mistakes. He sent them all a letter um through the player tribune. Um it's a website um, he wrote a letter and sent it to the, the coaches and GMs, basically admitting his mistakes and owning up for his mistakes and talking about how he's grown up and he's doing all this for his mom and 
This is a guy who's very dedicated. Um, Robinson became the first former XFL player to be drafted to the to the NFL. Um, the only reason that he was draft eligible eligible was because he could have played in college in 2019. So he he still had one year of eligibility left in college, and so that's why this is one of the most unique picks in the entire draft, especially for the Panthers. Um, so yeah, um, like I mentioned before. His first two seasons in West Virginia, he showed up and made an impact immediately. Um, he played in 23 games, recording 123 total tackles, four tackles for loss, seven interceptions, two of those that he brought to the house, two pick sixes. That's awesome. Seven pass deflections and one forced fumble. Um, <laughs> in 2018, he he actually earned first team all big or all 12 all Big 12. Yeah. Um, this guy is super athletic. He has great ball skills, as you can tell. Seven picks, seven pass deflections. Um, coach Matt Rule and Marty Herney talked to Robinson's former coaches in the XFL, his high school coaches, his college coaches, and all of them raved about his worth, work ethic and what kind of player he is on and off the field. So obviously this is a high-character guy who's been through it. He just made one mistake. You know, he made he made maybe one or two mistakes that he can't take back, but it's done. He he's moved on from it and he's matured. He's he's ready to go. He's ready to play ball. Um, ultimately, I believe that Robinson will contribute for the Panthers um, a lot on the special teams at first. But ultimately, I think that he'll provide a lot of depth at the safety secondary position um and who knows even become a starter in the future um i'm pretty excited about this guy i I love his story i love that he's been through it i think that this is a guy who's fired up and he's ready to contribute so i think that he's going to come in and he's going to want to show the coaches that he's grown up he wants to show them that he can continue to be a ball hawk and i I think eventually this guy can be a real solid player. Um, Jumping into the next pick here in the sixth round, pick 184. This is a cool pick here. The the Panthers go ahead and draft defensive tackle Bravion Roy from Baylor. So here's a guy who is joining Coach Matt Rule and Phil Snow from Baylor. This is another player that comes from a background of these coaches. Um, as we saw in the free agent period, we've seen a couple guys from Temple join the Panthers. So this is a real cool pick here. I think um, uh, listening to Bravion talk in his conference or uh, yeah his conference call after he was drafted to the Panthers, he he raved about Coach Matt Rule. He said that this is one of the his favorite coaches of all time. He even mentioned that. Um, he sees Coach Rule as a second dad to him. Um, he said he absolutely loves playing for him and and Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator. Um, this is going to be good for him coming in, knowing the system. I think he'll have a, a competitive advantage in that in that um, aspect. Um, Bravion's a huge dude. He's a I want to say he's. 6'1", 330 pounds. This is a this is a massive dude. He's gonna be a run a, a real good run stuffer for us. Um, 
In four seasons with Baylor, he recorded 133 total tackles, 19 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, and one forced fumble. So a real productive uh, time there with Baylor on the defensive line. Um, This is another big dude, just like Derrick Brown, that was double teamed a lot, um, even triple teamed at some point. So his pass rush numbers aren't necessarily up. But this is a guy who definitely specializes in run defense, especially you saw there with the 19 tackles for loss and 133 total tackles over four seasons for a defensive tackle like that. That's really good numbers like um, for the run defense there like that could absolutely help the Panthers, obviously being allowing 143 and a half yards a game to rushing like 29th in the league. So definitely the Panthers scouts and GM looked at last season and were like, the defensive line is where we need to improve. We cannot be allowing 143 yards a game to running backs. Like getting gashed over and over again, that has that's that's awful. So adding Bravion here was definitely huge. Um his best season came last season in 2019 with uh, Coach Rule. Um, he recorded 61 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, and one forced fumble, earning himself first team all Big 12. This is a guy that Matt Rule talked about, how adding him is going to add much-needed depth to the defensive line. And it, this is very important because he mentioned that the Panthers or the Baylor defense that Phil Snow ran, he rotated uh, and played a lot of defensive players or defensive linemen. He, he likes to have a constant rotation there on the defensive line, having fresh fresh legs come in to get after the quarterback, stop the run. So it's very important that our defensive line has has a lot of depth there. Um, I think this is going to be he's going to be the third or fourth defensive tackle on the roster right now. Um, that's going to have Derek Brown, K1 Short, Bravion Roy, uh, Zach Kerr, and uh, Woodrow Hamilton. So that's five dudes right there. Those are big dudes that that are going to come in and immediately make an impact. Um, the uh the other thing about Bravion is he's a big dude. He's 330 pounds, but he's he moves really good. He's super quick. He has good feet. He's very athletic. Um, and I think this is gonna be cool to maybe pair him with Derek Brown in the future and have them be our two defensive tackles moving forward. So him and Derek Brown get to mold together and get that experience together to be the future for the Panthers defensive line. Um, this is, this is definitely a cool pick. Like I mentioned, just because he played for Matt rule and the defensive coordinator, Phil snow last season. So he's going to have that experience with them. He's going to know the playbook. He's going to have that experience. So I think he's going to come in and be able to help out on this defensive line and provide much needed depth there at the defensive tackle position. Jumping into our last pick, pick two twenty one in the seventh round. Stanley Thomas Oliver, cornerback from Florida International University. 
This is a guy who started his career with FIU as a receiver and was actually really productive. Um, the reason he switched to cornerback is actually a pretty funny story. He, in before practice, him and the wide receivers were just messing around, and Stanley was playing corner against the other receivers, and he was actually locking them down. And the coaches were watching them, and he saw, and the coaches saw that, and so the head coach, um, his last name's Davis, I can't remember his first name, but he actually went up to Stanley and was like, "Hey, man, how would you feel about switching to cornerback?" And Stanley was like, "Sure, let's give it a shot. Like, heck yeah, let's do it." And he actually made the switch to corner and did great. I mean, his first season at cornerback, he was honorable mention for All Conference USA. He had 40 total tackles, three for loss, one interception, and 10 pass deflections. So, yeah, he just had one interception, but 10 pass deflections, that shows that he's he's there around the ball. And he's actually a super good tackler. I was watching um, I was watching his highlights, and he is not afraid to come up and hit you. This is a dude who comes with some comes with some dog in him. I mean, he he he's ready to come up and hit you. Um after after his good after his first season at corner, he only improved his second season. So this is a guy who's continuing to improve at a position that he hasn't even played. I mean, he made that jump the first year, honorable mention, all conference USA, and then improves his second season, recording fifty-four total tackles, so fourteen more tackles, four tackles for loss. Two sacks, one interception, and eight pass deflections with one forced fumble, earning himself second team all conf- conference. And this is a guy who also fits the mold. Remember, I said that Matt Rule likes guys that are in the 5'11 to 6 foot 1 range. Um, Stanley is 6 foot 192 pounds with crazy speed. He ran a 4'4, 840 at the combine. Um, this is another guy that Matt Rule believes can develop into a good player in this league. He he talked about again that guys with speed and height and good good weight can translate into good players in this league. He thinks that they can, he can develop them into good players. Um the uh his size, speed, quickness and um ball skills is something that jumped off the the table to to Marty Herney and Coach Rule. They they love the way that this guy attacks the ball. Um, he, they love that he'll come up and hit. He's a good tackler. So um, that's that that was super cool to see this guy come come to us in the seventh round. Um, the cool thing listening to Stanley talk is he he's super ready to work he's super motivated this is a guy who seems like he's ready to come in and make an impact but he mentioned right away that he wants to find a role in the defense but most importantly he wants to find his role on the special teams he thinks special teams is the best way for him to make the roster and for him to make an impact on this team and eventually become a great defensive player um I believe with the fire, um, Stanley is showing that he'll find his way on the roster through special teams and will provide depth in the secondary, which is definitely needed. Um, So 
With that being said, that's all the picks. I absolutely loved this draft for the Panthers. Um, defense was a major need heading into this draft, and they absolutely, they absolutely addressed addressed it. Um, there's still a few places on the Panthers roster that need to improve before the season starts. Um, but Marty Herney said multiple times after the draft that, you know, the the season doesn't start today. There's still a couple months till the to the season starts, so they're looking any in any way possible to improve this roster and get better day by day. So I do believe that the Panthers will go out and find maybe a veteran cornerback um, to pair with these young guys. I know Trey Boston and Justin Burris right now are the only veteran guys in that locker room well I guess you can say Dante Jackson is only his third season but as of now the veteran presence in the secondary isn't necessarily there it's just Trey Boston and I know Trey Boston was all over Twitter talking about he's ready for these new thieves to come in so I'm super excited to see how Trey Boston interacts with these guys and coaches these guys up Um, I definitely think that they'll address the interior offensive line um, they definitely need some depth or maybe even a starter there at left left guard. Who knows? I think right now the starting lineup is Okun, Dennis Daly at left guard, Matt Paradis at center, right guard will be John Miller, and then Taylor Moten at the right tackle. But I think that they'll definitely go look to find another guy there to play the interior offensive line. Um, uh, I know they uh, went out and picked up a bunch of undrafted free agents. Those guys um, I'll talk about on Twitter, maybe even talk about them on the next podcast. But they're going out. They they picked up a, a few linebackers, a couple tight ends, a few interior offensive linemen guys. So those are possibly guys who they can develop and maybe see start there in the future. Um but yeah, I absolutely love this draft. They definitely bolstered the defense, which was much needed. And um, I believe that this could be a historical draft class to grow together and uh, see what they become. I'm very excited to to see how these guys mold together. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, if you want to follow what the Panthers are doing um, with undrafted free agents, or even like other Panther news and stuff like that, uh, you can give my Instagram or Twitter a follow at keeppounding underscore 51. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for all the support. Um, I love doing this. I know it's not very good right now, um, but I just love talking about the Panthers. I'm super passionate about it. And um, this is just a place for me to talk and maybe reach other fans. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You know, stay safe, check on your people, take care of your people, and, you know, as always, keep pounding.